If you love our content, please subscribe to our Patreon. You can find the link in the description. I've been your host, Gene. Bam, 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 bam. Hey, welcome to Creative Block. We are your hosts, Gene. And V. We interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We have a very special episode, our 50th episode, where uh, we're going to do a bit of a retrospective. Uh, we're going to get, we got some questions from Twitter. We got some prompts. It's just the two of us this time. No guests. Sorry. Hope Sorry. that's enough for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've had a crazy year. Everyone's had a crazy yeah. year. Yeah. It's been a whole year we've been doing this. It's been a whole year, 50 episodes. I, I, do you do you believe that we got this far? Because I don't really believe it. I honestly, this is kind of crazy. You know, when you start a podcast, you're always kind of like, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. And I can't believe it's been like a full year. Uh, we've been really good at like yeah. uh, keeping consistent. Uh, listen, this is a time for us to give ourselves a little pat on the back. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Can you hear that? Uh, I mean, personally, I'm really proud that we're doing this. That we're because you know, like, I do want all this resources to be available for free for everyone on the internet like i really hope that thanks to this podcast a new generation of artists is going to feel like empowered and like thanks to all the information that we share with you guys like that's something that's very close to my heart uh and we get like a couple like comments trickling in every now and then saying that this helps so it makes me really happy yeah <laughs> Yeah, we we love to we love to see the comments. It makes us feel we we make zero money. We're actually yeah, but it's like a passion project, right? It's like you know so, we uh, yeah <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. we're not in this for the money. So it really yeah I I love to see it. It makes it makes me happy to see that people like this and that they're getting something out of it and uh, all the positivity. Might and as well mention it up front. Uh, go ahead. If you're wondering where the money's going, it's going to our wonderful editor, Clements, who's doing a stellar yes. job at making us sound really smart and like editing all of the crazy behind the scene information you guys cannot hear. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, the episodes definitely take some editing. So, yeah. And our amazing producer, Malik, who, yeah, shout out. Is doing a great job at handling the Twitter and all their like um, social media. So like, it's 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 been really great to have a little team and uh, to have the Patreon to kind of like help out and. Yeah. So yeah, if you love the show, definitely please support the Patreon. Send us mm -hmm. even a buck. Um, that adds up. Get ten listeners giving a dollar. That's ten. That's ten bucks um but uh yes thank, yeah thanks so much to our team we definitely want to give them a shout out we would not be able to keep this up so to give a little bit of backstory on how we even started this because i don't know if we've ever said that story um we were i think we were both kind of cooped up mm -hmm. uh during quarantine um you and i are both <laughs> people who <laughs> like to start yes. projects but then we get easily overwhelmed and uh and abandon them but um, I wanted to do an interview show that it was like uh, a video interview show, like 2016, mm -hmm. and uh, it just, that was not, never going to happen. That's way too much. <laughs> That's way too much effort, and it's it's a uh, pain in the ass. Uh, and then I think around like maybe September or August last year, yeah. you were uh, 
talking about it on Twitter, saying yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that you're interested in doing a yeah, show. Yeah, because I was just like, well, there was like multiple things for me. There was, first of all, I, you know, every year on Twitter, you see people being like, well, do I really have to go to college to pursue a career in, in animation? And there's like this huge discourse on Twitter. And I'm like, well, I wish everybody out there could know how diverse the background is for people to get into animation because after being in the industry for for like uh more than 10 years and also like five in france and like uh five in the us you start to realize like you don't have to go to like just scale arts there's so many other options you don't even have to go to college that's why we have a couple guests like Kofi and um, Ferocia, right? Like she, she also didn't go to mm-hmm. college. So I think that's like really empowering and great to hear those stories and that like there's all these different kind of college like Stefani Riso who went to community college. So there's a lot of different options out there. You don't mm-hmm. have to go into debt. <laughs> if you have a lot of passion, you don't have to go into debt. And no, so there's, there's like this and there's like another part uh, yeah. also for me as a, an immigrant, um, that was trying to get press. It was really, really hard because you see often like people in this dev, like for example, like feature, like usually artists from feature or artists from that are like more like this dev or like showrunners will get like more press, but for like just someone who's just a board artist, kind of like a little bit harder. So it's like, why don't we, why isn't there like a a show interviewing board artists? Because especially with the like, newer TV yeah. uh, shows, for example, like Steven Universe or like Adventure Time, there's been like a little bit of like, you know, like um, interest in, in that specific uh, craft. So I was like, well, you know, we should kind of, we should kind of have a show and just kind of like talk about it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we combine forces, we keep each other accountable and then we uh, have slowly expanded. Yeah. Um, and uh, we kind of drew, I personally kind of also drew inspiration from like other podcasts that I really love, like uh, Tongues and Pencils from Chris Frynowski. Definitely check it out. It's on YouTube. It's all for free. Really, really awesome stuff. If you want to know more about the artists that are working at, at Titmouse, uh, that's an awesome uh, podcast to check out. There's also another shout out that I want to do is the Animated Journey that was co-hosted by Angela at, um Ed yeah, Sminger, and Sminger. Mm-hmm. She was on Loud House with her, uh, with us, and I think uh, it's really, really great. They have more uh, than a oh, hundred wow. episodes. They go over way more. It's it, the podcast is over now, but they go over way more different positions on the pipeline that we do. I think they're 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 also kind of interviewing a little bit more adult uh, mm-hmm. animation that um, artists, um, which eventually I do also want to get some adult animators. Oh, yeah. uh, and I was going to say also definitely check out Rise Up, Rise Up podcast. It's kind of more of like a channel. Um, they don't get out content as regularly as we do, but they have panels, they have interviews. It's super, super awesome. Our guest Pedro Bully was on Rise Up. Definitely check it out. And finally, uh, there is a really great community, Black and Animated, that you should check out if you're an ally or um, black because they are trying to really help uh, new black talents to go into the uh, industry. So definitely check out Black and Animated. They have a Twitter, they have a Discord, and they're awesome. Yeah, really good resources, really good stuff. Um, there's so much There's so much information out there now, more than there was when I think we were trying to break in. 
Um, yeah, when I was like, when I was in college, all there was was uh, the Clay Cadis, uh podcast, which is a great podcast, but it's just like animators from uh, Disney. So it's great, but it's like if you don't want to be an animator, specifically if you want to be like a board artist or this dev artist, it's like a little bit like less relevant, I guess. Yeah, but it's really fun. It's a really fun. Uh, something that we that you and I have been talking about. Uh, and we would love to hear what our audience thinks is uh, we've been uh, we've covered a lot of ground with animation with the animation industry and all the different facets of it we want to expand out to um, just more mediums you know maybe talk to some game developers talk to some people in comics uh, not be as limited by like quote unquote the animation industry because i think that there's a lot of different journeys there's a lot of different paths and they don't always lead into animation, you know, and they don't always lead um, into, yeah, there's there's different mediums. So I personally would love to talk to more people outside of animation specifically, like TV animation. Um, and we know lots of people that are in those other mediums. And so we could definitely get some really cool guests. Uh, so yeah, just let us know in the comments. Let us know what you think. If you uh, if you think that would be cool, if, it, uh, if somebody really hates the idea let, let us know um every opinion is valid on also like uh we were kind of like uh thinking about the idea of like maybe we have like different colors on like you know how like we have like the green um background on like our guests so like maybe like green is for animation and like we have another color for games another color for comics just let us know because i know like it's it we're still it, a year is a long time, but we're still kind of new. So I do want to make sure that you guys are still excited about the podcast, that you feel like this is like still the podcast that you signed up for, yada, yada, yada. Just uh, let, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, we really want you guys to be a part of the, the decision making in this, at least for this year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, please keep commenting. Please keep telling us what you like, what topics you like. Uh, let us know what guests you want to see on the show. We're, we're going to start asking more often on Twitter um, just to get a better feel for what, uh, what our fans want to see, what people, who people want to hear from. Um, it helps if you tag them. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want. Don't please do. Don't do not don't, spam. Yeah, people, don't but, spam. But like, yeah. But I think I think uh, you know not everyone is aware of the show. Uh, we do know a lot of people, thankfully, but not everyone is aware of that we're doing the show. And um, and so it's happened. It's happened where somebody, you know, tags. I think it yeah. happened with Parker Simmons where somebody tagged him and he was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And uh, we got a good episode out of it. And so, uh, yeah, people like to – I think people have been really cool about coming on the show. You're drawing me. Yeah, Dude, sorry. Like, now you're – I don't know. <laughs> buff. Finally, finally, after all finally. these years of me teasing you finally you've earned it <laughs> i think like i think like five years yeah. ago this is we need context here because i think like five years ago when i first started on my on my weightlifting journey i remember i like walked into your office and i was just like i'm gonna get buff and uh you would not stop teasing me about it and then one day i finally but you also got really pissed one day because you're like, you like well me like you can't tell the bubble and i was like oh man come on chill i you don't 
Oh, you did, dude. I don't you remember did. that at all. I never got pissed. Oh, no, 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 no. You were, you were super I think I was kidding and you thought I was serious. <laughs> but, but hey, hey, you needed, you needed me to like poke no. fun at you, at you for like months for you to stay motivated. No, hey, listen, that's kind of what happened to me when I started like oh, jogging. Man. I was like, oh my God, I got to tell everybody that I'm, I started jogging. Yeah, accountability, right? And then one day, like someone yeah. was like, "So did you jog yeah, this weekend?" And I was like, oh. "And I was uh, no." They were like, "Are you?" They were like, "Are you gonna jog this weekend?" And I was yeah. like, oh, "Shit, now I really gotta do it." People know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What well, I, uh, God, I mean, and you could even tie this into art advice sometimes. Like, I think that uh, when you, it depends on who you ask. Some people might say not to do this, but I think that when you start talking about projects to people, it to me it's like well shit now i got to do it and i i like i can't back down from a challenge and i operate best when i have a chip on my shoulder so it's like yeah the more that people don't think i can do something i'm like well, fuck you yeah it's like you're kind of like a rage field <laughs> yeah it really depends on the artist it's, it's like it really like this is kind of yeah. that thing when it's like you know know thyself or whatever like the thing for, like you know you have to you have to yeah. do a little bit of like uh soul soul searching and know yeah. what works for you because yeah because yeah some people hate it I, I i've i've had those moments too where i tell people about something i want to do and they go wow that sounds great and then i get that little bit of validation that i was hoping to get out of it and then i'm like well i don't really want to do it <laughs> and then and then it just like fades away but uh but it depends on what it is i probably didn't want to do it in the first place if it went away that easily um but uh anyway yeah i think that's uh, all the stuff that we wanted to get um just sort of catching up with everybody but we got a ton of really good questions yeah um, gonna for this week's keep us 50th special talking for a bunch just so you guys know a little bit uh behind the scenes my computer is really really bad and if i have too many chrome tabs open it will crash so that's why Gene is the MC here. Yeah. <laughs> I am the MC. Yo, at Lax Herverk, uh, fan of the show, asked, "How and where do you sit while recording, or do you stand like madmen?" Uh, I said, "I wish desk. we could like just like stand like madmen, but um, unfortunately, we're we're just regular men, and um, and we're I'm, I I just yeah, sit down I, on my bench. I would love to have." A standing desk but i don't have uh it's it's a whole thing i need to move and get a, an office and completely redo my workspace um uh, but getting an office is a dream one day it is a dream it is mm. a dream but yeah i i do i do a lot of stuff i mean now that we're all working from home it's like my i i, I need to separate work from home more and i yeah i do i do a lot of stuff and sitting at the desk all day is not appealing to me so do you um, um where are you like where's your desk is it in your living room in my living room <laughs> yeah it's not i mean yeah it, it's not ideal but there's literally no other space to put it um but whatever uh at crogden asked a very interesting question this was actually from nikki lopez's episode but we saved it for this one because it was sort of a big topic um, how do you deal with the massive presence of fandom and parasocial relationship relationships in the modern animation industry? Even now I have opinions of Gene and V, hello, that aren't informed by anything beyond some value I've projected onto them. And it's a hundredfold with someone like a showrunner. What's our take on that? Good, bad, something else? How do we deal with it when it happens to you? Uh, I speak of my own view of Gene and V because I don't know you two, and yet I see you in a way that I can't justify and neither of you can't control. 
Very interesting. I think that's fair, though. I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like this thing. I mean, it's something I think about a lot in terms of like, well, you have to think about it, you know, like when you create yeah. art and you post it online, you kind of have to think about this question as an artist. And it's like you are going to be judged and no matter what you do, you're like you cannot have everybody love you all the time like there's like just kind of like when you go about in the world it's impossible for everybody to think you're like a good a good person or like not just a good person just like awesome right like someone's gonna be like yeah they're kind of boring or like yeah they're kind of like you know so you just have to really come to terms with that that like you can't please everyone and that's okay um just like when you create art, you have when you put it out in the wor- world, pe- people will not always kind of see what you wanted them to see. And that's also kind of right. nice because it's like you have to let people take ownership of the work you put out. Because if you don't want people to do that, then you don't share it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You don't. Nobody's nobody's forcing <laughs> yeah. you to put out work online, so like you can't get upset when people misinterpret it, because mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole point right. of putting stuff out there. Is uh, like I I have my own. I've had it happen where like I was reading web comics, and I would joke about it with a friend who also re- like read it, and I would deliver the I would quote it in a certain way, and then they would be like, oh, I I always imagined it said this way. And that's like a small example, but it's like you, that's the fun of it is that it's like even something like that, like you have people have different interpretations of how a line Yeah, is and even just like, um, uh, I think like for what it means or like what also, what you know, um, everyone's got a different experience of life and their experience of life is going to give them a very specific like lens or like, like a pair of glasses through which they're going to yep. look at your work. And some people are going to have like rose colored glasses and they're going to be, this is so cute and awesome. And uh, I don't know, someone's going to have like dark colored glasses and they're going to be like, oh, actually there's a lot of pain in this art, you know? And it's like, you know, it's just, it depends Mm -hmm. so much on their experience and what they've seen. And I think that's kind of what art is really great. Um, Like it's the great thing about art is that uh, it's also kind of like, I mean, it's a little extreme to say that but it's a little bit like a rorschach test you know it's like you see in the art what you want to see kind yeah, of I know thing, what you mean. so yeah i think i mean i think anyone that's been online long enough i i grew up on the internet i spent my whole life on the internet since i was like six and uh the days of 56k but so it's like burned into my brain but i i also came of age in like the newground sphere and um you very quickly kind of learn that you know the the stuff you say online is gonna have people interacting with it and like sometimes people will not like the stuff you have to say and so there's kind of a night i think a lot of people kind of joined the internet at a later time uh when the consequences weren't is they like Older people, I feel like, that join the internet later, like with the advent of phones and stuff, they just like don't quite understand etiquette, and so they they think that they're not that they're anonymous or that that people aren't going to always reply, and they'll say really awful, stupid shit, and then get 
you know, people will get mad at them and they're like, what? This is my personal Twitter. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a public Twitter. Like you're just spewing shit out into public. Um, and so they'll get canceled or whatever. Like, you know, bean dad who thought he was just like saying a story about his kid. It's like, yeah, but you're in public. You can't just say these stories and not expect them to be taken out of context or, or even in context and just criticized. And so, um, you gotta be aware of that stuff. And I think as, as, uh, you know, to small scale, we're public figures. Um, I was a little worried about doing a podcast in the beginning cause I had never done when we first started the show, I was kind of nervous about putting myself out there, um, in that way, because I've always had this, uh, anything, I think everyone hopefully plays a persona when they're online. Um, but there's only so much, there's only so much of a persona you can play when you're just like talking to people and you're in front of a microphone all the time. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, you know, we're conscious of the stuff we say, we're conscious of the, uh, sort of the way we present ourselves and, um, well, yeah, people misinterpret us, but I don't know. I think it's also like, what's interesting about the tweet is like the parasocial aspect mm -hmm. of it. I mean, you know, everybody's everybody's going to be some sort of a fan and or like for example like i started listening to a lot of like reply all uh when i mm. was working on spidey and i was just listening to reply all all the time all the time and the hosts of reply all just kind of sort of uh started becoming my best friends even though i have never talked to them they have absolutely no idea who i am they don't even know i exist <laughs> so it's know you know it's kind of like in i think it's the way I would kind of see that is like we're in an age of media and information that is just so vast that it's like very easy to just kind of be like alone and uh, kind of cope with that with any sort of shows online. So it can be a podcast, it can be uh, a YouTuber, it can be a TV show. I think uh, 20 years ago, people use tv shows to kind of like have parasocial relationships to some extent you know so i think it's just a i actually say that because i read it in fahrenheit uh 551 and i was like yeah yeah i was like 451 i was like this is crazy the way he like predicted that because i think with tv it wasn't as um obvious even though when i was in uh middle school i had a friend who was obsessed like so i was in france and he was obsessed with american sitcoms he was obsessed with them he knew all of them he knew all of the characters and he would talk about the characters like they were his friends and i was just like that's something that like i i couldn't understand that at the time but then comes the pandemic and you play animal crossing and these npcs are your best friends so you know uh, it's kind of, I think it's just, uh, if you're an artist, you spend a lot of time drawing by yourself at your desk. Yeah. It's like, you're gonna, you're gonna find a way to, to make some imaginary friends, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think that that's, I think that's always, yeah, it's always been a thing. People have always found, um, uh, not even necessarily celebrities, but there's always been figures that people were drawn to. Now it's just turned up to, you know, a thousand. So, and it's easy to find very specific, um, relationships and specific types of people that you, that you want to have in your life. And I don't see anything wrong with it as long as people don't get weird, you know, as long as people don't start getting possessive or controlling because you ultimately, you don't know these people, you don't have any say in their lives. 
Yeah. And uh, th- thankfully, I've never had any kind of bad experience with that. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing that I could just ignore. But um, yeah, I've had my share. I, I, I used to be a really big fan of, uh, or am a big fan of Mega64. And uh, I first kind of discovered that or rediscovered them maybe um, when I was after college and I was feeling a bit lonely because like I my friends had started kind of drifting apart a little bit. You know, people starting to get jobs and it wasn't the same. It wasn't we weren't hanging out every day like we used to. Mm -hmm. And I found their podcast and uh, it was just friends hanging out. And it felt like I was a fly on the wall of these friends hanging out. And uh, I think the first one I watched was them just like out to lunch and they were just chatting about whatever games they were playing. (laughs) And it felt so nice to just like, while I was working on my own freelance or whatever, to just have these people in my ear. And I listened to like their entire backlog and then I I still listen to it every week. And now I'm friends with uh, a lot of them. Like I, you know, just sort of uh, was a part of the community and uh, I've been on the show now like several times um and it was cool it was really cool so you know i was lucky enough to be able to kind of um become a part of their circle but that's also because i just try to be a cool person and (laughs) i'm not weird about it um but uh yeah i think that you know i think that you you want to be around the people that you that enrich your life in some way and it's okay if you don't actually know them if you just like their presence like that's great yeah i think yeah it's... Uh, i used to listen to to game grumps a lot you know like that was something that was also good for me at one point just to hear like these guys playing games mm. but uh, uh crogden also uh asked who is our dream guest on the show um that's hard that's a very good question um i I would love to get some of the, um, like, uh, like I would love to get Gendry Tartakovsky on the show. Oh, I've nice. met him, actually. Like, I've met him. I don't know if he would remember me, but um, it'd be really great to get him or, or Craig McCracken. Mm-hmm. They're tough because they're incredibly busy <laughs> and older, so they're probably not as, like, aware. <laughs> I don't think they care about our show, but I think um, they're, I think they're not – unattainable i don't think they yeah because we did have um chris brynowski and they're kind of like the same generation and uh i think i think yeah we probably you know we just have to we just have to find out who to talk to but it would be so cool for people to like yeah if we could have an interview with them that would be so awesome we want to do more we want to get people from adult animation yeah um We've talked about it. We would love to get like Lisa Hanawalt from Tuca and Birdie. Yeah, we there. There's lots of people. There's tons of people. There, there. Especially if we start going outside of animation, there's there's tons and tons of people that I would love to get. Someone on the was show. like Mike Judge on um, the comments. I'm like, I would love to get Mike Judge. <laughs> that would be so fun. Oh God, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Mike Judge would be an amazing. Yeah, that would get. be. Um, but we got crazy. Yeah. We're we're getting yeah. there. We're, we're working yeah, yeah, our yeah. way towards yeah, it. Yeah. And we also are gonna we're gonna start reaching out to a lot of uh, like YouTube animators. Oh, that would be awesome! Um, I would like that's my personal kind of like favorite inter- like like YouTube animators is like I for me those are like stories that I love to listen to because it's so different from my career and what I thought was possible of doing with animation. Like I've always kind of like 
when I set out to go into animation, I was like, well, they gotta go get the office job on the blah. You know, I never thought in the animation was possible. Mm-hmm. So listening to YouTube animators is always just such a blast. Yeah, I think that it's really impressive. We've talked to Worthy Kids and some other people, but um, it's it's always kind of a different, it's always a different journey, same as with TV animation. And I think that there is a future to that. Um, it's not easy but neither is getting into tv um but i think there's a future to independent animation if you're smart about it and if you have good output and it is it is possible to make a living off of it maybe not an amazing living but um yeah no it's so we we want to hear we want to if we can inspire people to just do the thing themselves uh great that's you know that's an avenue that isn't isn't being explored enough Let's see. Uh, at blank total asked, uh, what is the best and least favorite part of our work? You go. Best and least favorite part of my work. Um, I think what I really like is when I get in the flow. So like, I'm like really into sequence. I'm really feeling it. I love the character. I love whatever's happening. And it's just like a lot of fun getting like, and then, you know, you're, um, it, uh, you you know you see you, you can't wait to see your work finish so that would, that's like really awesome when you get there um least favorite part i think it kind of depends on the it's depends on the show uh but like when you do storyboards uh sometimes you have to do action notes and put in the dialogue and type in all this stuff and i'm like oh this is mm-hmm. so boring uh <laughs> but you know you have to do it as part of the pipeline yeah it is. i mean it's usually you know sometimes that's a revisionist thing yeah. like that was i feel like yeah like because in here's the but thing because in france since we don't have revisionists like the board artists do it uh and uh, and when when i started on loud house we didn't have revisionists so we were doing it too uh like the, the board artists were doing it uh all the action notes and the, and the dialogue and all that yeah i my jobs have changed quite a bit over the years and it's always um a different thing that i like and don't like so it's hard to give a broad answer i'm not even working in tv right now um i'm working in in mobile games kind of return to that world and um i like so in my current job i i'm in a in a managerial position and so i like that i am given you know um the ability to make choices um i can i can i hired somebody like i so it's it's cool to be given that kind of um that kind of power i guess but uh really it's just i like responsibility i like problem solving i like um my favorite is when a job is trusting and and lets you just do the work and not breathe down your neck that is my least favorite is if a job um expects you to be constantly present, constantly working, constantly like like it is not only unreasonable, it's not even productive. Like it's just it it is so fucking shitty and it and I've been at those kinds of jobs. I've been, you know, it it is such a quick way for <laughs> to get me to to quit or or just hate it and not have nice things to say about it. And I I hear that a lot. Um from other people on other shows that it's like they just feel like they have to always be yeah you know it's it's have to be at their desk i think it's like yeah i think that's like the i i agree i think when a show kind of i but here's what i would say that's kind of when 
to me that's like kind of like a symptom of like a production that is disorganized like a production because in my experience when I felt like I had to stay glued to my desk and I had no agency over my schedule was because the production was shifting all the time so it would be like well here's the meeting at 10 a.m uh actually it's at 10 30 well uh actually whoops it's at 9 30 actually can you be here right now so yeah like unfortunately you know that's not your fault yeah Yeah. there's gonna be shows like that uh you just kind of have to be aware of it then you you could make your decision whether this is like an environment that fits you or not uh it's nice something that i something i was started asking is or you know if i'm being interviewed um I'll say that like work-life balance is really important to me and like f- flexibility in the hours. And you can say that. And I think you should say it. And if they can't give you an answer that sounds good, then fuck them. Cause like, it's probably going to be awful. <laughs> like it, if they can't, if they can't respond with something that sounds sympathetic to uh, life, then you don't want to work there. You're gonna, you're gonna end up hating it. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, so that, that's, I've become really, really hyper aware of that. And, um, and my current job is it's, they're pretty good about it. Like, and, you know, and I respect also that like, you know, I, I'm a manager and so I am expected to be kind of like present from, you know, uh, nine to five and that's fine. But, um, but they're also cool and they don't, it, it's not like I'm expected to always be doing something. Sometimes, sometimes it's a slow day and that's mm-hmm. fine. So anyway, from at cash cash, it's got a uh, question for each of us, wow. for both of us. Or sorry, no, just for just for each of us. To me, uh, what's a must-watch live-action show slash movie you'd recommend to anyone? Man, I saw this earlier, and I'm I've been thinking about it, and it's hard because, um, I don't know the things that I like. Okay, I'll take a crack at it. Uh, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, you have to watch Breaking Bad. I don't know if you haven't yet. You're fucking up. It's a great. It's it's probably my favorite. Like. Drama. Yeah, it's really good. Um, uh, I was in a writing class I, recently, and the teacher was yeah. like, "Breaking Bad has made TV so much harder for all of us because it's I so can good." Imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to really connect with a with a live action show, uh, and that one was really good. I like Mad Men a lot too, but that one I don't know if I would recommend to anyone. Um, and movie is tough because, like, you know, Scott Pilgrim was such a formative thing for i loved it but i would not recommend that to anyone i really like chef (laughs) i think chef is neutral enough that i could recommend it to anyone i think it's a really pleasant watch and uh yes it's a john favreau uh movie he directs it he stars in it i think he wrote it i might be wrong but it's just about him rediscovering his love of uh, his character rediscovering uh, his love of cooking and uh, reconnecting with his son. I've watched it like eight Aww. times. I am not kidding. I've watched it like eight times. It is like a good movie to put on just to like get in a good mood. And it's just charming and funny and has heart. I always like almost choke up at the end. Like it's it's just great. Um, and it's also streaming everywhere. So so check out Chef. And then um, to you, uh, what was... You could answer that first one too, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why. There's no rules here. I make the rules. Say that again. Was it an action movie? It's just what's your must must watch live action show or movie? 
that you recommend must to watch live action show or movie that i would recommend to anyone I'm trying to think i think breaking bad is a good one i love breaking bad i actually would say i like better call Saul better than breaking bad because ah. breaking bad the main character walter white um i mean it's not a big spoiler everyone but he goes from being like a pretty decent dude to being a pretty I mean, awful the, dude the point of the show yeah right and so for some people i've had like a lot of friends and acquaintances who had a hard time watching that a better call saw it, it's different in the way that the character doesn't go from good to bad uh but you're i think it's a little bit different in terms of like you're always hoping for him to 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 prove to you he's a good guy and he's got a lot of qualities uh yeah. so you know you're always just you're like oh but you I, also I, know where he know, ends up right you like, know exactly you do know where he ends up but you, you're always kind of like you're come on you're not that bad you can't you know yeah, i don't know yeah. they, they, they do a really good job at that which is really tricky uh yeah so and for a movie, for a, for a movie, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think. What's oh, my favorite movie of all time? Probably The Big Lebowski. So funny. Oh, yeah. I could watch this a million times. It's just so funny. It's just great. Yeah. The characters are great, and I love uh, any Brother Cohen movie. Is yeah, something that I love. It's, they're just yeah. so funny. The show, their show, Fargo, so good. One of the best shows that I watched. Are they involved in that? I think for the first season, I think they produce it. I don't think they write it. I have I I don't know my facts, so you guys don't okay. quote me for it. But they, it's definitely inspired from. Their, yeah, 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 yeah. Second season, second season's great. Definitely watch Fargo season two. So good. And yeah. then uh, they asked, "What was one of your most rewarding experiences while working in animation?" I think for me, it was probably working on Thundercats because it, it's. I say that it's funny because if you're an animation fan, you're probably aware of like all the hate that the show got when it came out. But working on the show was so fun. It was so fun for a lot of different reasons. First of all, it's one of the few shows that was so goofy and crazy and had kind of like, like when I was in college, Adventure Time. So here's the thing. When I was 16, the Adventure Time pilot came out on YouTube. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, I wish I could work on the show so bad. And then when I was in college, the first season came out and I was just like losing my mind over it. And I was like, I have to work on the show like Adventure Time. But when I was finally able to work in the US, when I when I was fine, like Adventure Time got kind of like this kind of like really awesome but kind of like darker turn and i was yeah. really into like the goofiness of the first of the mm. pilot in the first season and thundercats kind of gave me that it was just like this really fun and goofy and cartoony and you could do anything because i came from like a history of shows where you had a lot of like rules to follow because they were like flash or like flat shows or like harmony shows so you couldn't do uh upshots or downshots or you could you had to reuse you had to like you couldn't frame in a certain type of way but thundercats was just like dude whatever you want to do you do it <laughs> and i was just like yes it was just, <laughs> so great to have that freedom it's very rare to have this amount of freedom in a tv show extremely rare it's 
it's funny how like yeah i think that happens a lot where the shows that are the most fun to work on for the artists are not always the most fun for um or are not always enjoyed by the public like yeah i could uh, see that because i heard i don't know but uh maybe magic sword did really well didn't it did it i think it did it, it did well enough that he got three seasons well I, I heard the artist had a lot of fun on that show yeah yeah um so yeah i think uh i mean mine is probably making my short i think um you know i got into this to make to make stuff and to do tell my own stories and uh and i had my chance to do it and people really liked it and so those like the months after the short dropped were some of the best months of like me working in animation because it was just validating and nice um and then it all went wrong ah! <laughs> but i've had i've had there's a question later that i think we can i can tie into that mm. um uh from at ace of stars they asked if you didn't choose animation where do you think you'd be and there's a few other questions after do you want to start um i think that i at one point when i was in high school i wanted to um become an english teacher i thought that would be I, I a lot of my favorite teachers are english teachers and i enjoyed you know just talking about books and like it, that stuff was fun but i decided obviously decided to go to art i think honestly though i wouldn't i would still be trying to do like music because that's i'm also doing that and i don't know if i would be able to do that as a living i still don't but um yeah if i had to get, if i had to get a normie job i guess i would try to become a teacher so mm, yeah that's good i think that would be probably be the, similar for me like teaching i think that would be like either teaching art or like teaching um mm, hmm. i don't know honestly there's like a i have like a i don't think i'm gonna put exactly all the gruesome details on the air but i had like a really dark moment in my life where i was just like it's drawing or nothing uh, sure uh so kind of have to do that you you know you you can't I, I i think somebody must have told me this in high school that they were like if you want to do this if you want to do animation you have to do it they're like you have to you can't half-ass it because then it's not going to happen mm -hmm. and i i i hold i think it. like for me like it's funny because at the time when i was like 17 18 it was like it was really like like it was like this or nothing like for real like this or nothing at all so um Mm -hmm. uh like at the time i don't think i would have been able to do anything else but now that i'm 32 i'm like i could do a bunch of other things like i'm like well i could i don't know like you know all the dreams of like the, the millennial dreams like i could start my restaurant or like i could just i don't know yeah. i could um uh, like i yeah i could teach or i could um do comics i, I don't think i could have done comics at all uh when i was younger because it's much because you know as the eldest in the family and i'm kind of like I, I need to be the the, rela the reliable person just in case everything goes wrong and and comics you can't yeah, be that yeah. you can't um no, but you, you know uh yeah comics is something that i'm still considering maybe at some point in my life um yeah, I mean, you're doing it. I am, but like not professionally. Like when I say professionally, I mean as, I mean it's like your primary source of income, or or it's a source of income. You I know. Don't think, uh, 
I don't think anybody that does comics professionally wants to do comics professionally. I think it's like it does it pays so badly yeah. that like nobody can do it and live a, a a healthy financial life. I don't know. Maybe there's probably are some people. Yeah, it's usually you get a movie deal. It's like you're a really really good writer. Yeah. Oh, you I just know, have to get right? a movie deal. It's like it's a, <laughs> easy. easy peasy. And also you have to move to like easy not peasy. the coast because it's too pricey. Yeah. 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 No, you can't live on yeah. the coasts. Um, uh, they also asked, do both of you have a favorite comic manga? I do have a bunch of comics and manga I really love. So most of the comics, most of the manga that I love are like seinen. So uh, seinen is like usually mm. like male young adult, I guess. So my favorite uh, is I Am a Hero. I love I Am a Hero so much. Mm -hmm um i also love ikigami uh if you look it up i think it's called i forgot what it's what's the you know it has like a subtitle um just look it up it's really really cool it's kind of dark and dystopian i just love dystopian there's another one i love is uh ushijima yeah. the lone shark uh it's also pretty dark um uh it but it's really good um and I think uh, I'm trying to think if there's like an oh oh and 20th century boys so good. I tried to I, I got really far into it. it just I love this stuff, dude. I'm just like cult. Sign me up, true crime. I'm like I love yeah. I just love I, these I style I, of this. yeah. And his just drawings are so good. Yeah. I think I was expecting it to go into like a fantasy sort of thing and it just didn't. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's very like all of these are very realistic. All of these I just wrote down. They're like uh, the reason why they're seinen on is also because of the art. So like right. Akira would be seinen, you know, like Akira has got that little sci fi almost like not fantasy, but it's got this like not very real. Like it kind of is. Like yeah, it's it's a science fiction, right? Um, so that's kind of what brings it into something more than reality. But like all of those are like very yeah, very um, grounded. Um, easy answer for me is uh, Dragon Ball, <laughs> but um, Naruto, but or I don't know, early Naruto. But uh, I I'll recommend some stuff that I don't people don't might not know about there's a book called the coffin that i really like that has really really awesome ink work um i keep it on like display on my shelf because it, it has a really beautiful cover and it's just like and it's a very existential it's about a man who a scientist who's a real piece of shit and he gets stuck in his own invention which is a suit that traps the soul after it uh after your body dies and so he's in this like mechanical suit and trying to like find his daughter and it's it, very interesting. I don't know. Um, and uh, I'm looking at my shelves. I, uh, I really recommend Goodnight Poon Poon. Oh um, yeah, that one's great. We've talked about it in yes. uh, Casey's episode. Yes, um, yeah, it's, it's brutal, but it's- um, Definitely yeah, read it if you're like probably uh older than 18 uh and yeah. also just like forward like uh it's got like a lot of like uh what's it called like a uh, graphic content i guess so if yeah, you're kind of queasy for, yeah just uh, it's just a heads up use discretion um yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's lots of stuff. Oh, like... another favorite of mine is uh, Black Hole by Burns. God, yeah, yeah. He's... Actually, we have that. He's real. I don't know. I. I haven't read it in a long time, but I love Burns. He's one of my favorite. It's really funny because I was just hanging out with a friend of mine recently and we were just talking about like American comics versus like European comics and stuff. And I was just saying like, I think Charles Burns is much bigger in France than Daniel Klaus. I had never, yeah, I had never heard of that Daniel Klaus until like probably six years ago. And Burns I was aware of like hmm. when I was probably 17. So it's really funny. It's just really interesting. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, but I could we could do a whole episode talking about our favorite comic. Ah. That's what comes to mind. What is from also Ace of Stars? What is one piece of advice you'd give your past selves? That's a juicy one. Yeah. Um, I I have one. Um, I think I would tell myself to not put not put my self worth into achieving my goals. And I and I want everyone to hear that. Anybody that wants to like have a show, wants to have a certain job, um, it, a lot of stuff is going to be out of your control, and um, you shouldn't kick yourself for not managing to accomplish certain things because um, it doesn't mean you have to give up on them. It doesn't mean you should you should stop, mm -hmm. but don't feel bad about that. Don't weigh your like life purpose against that you should find other purposes um mm. because find purpose in the things you can control i would say okay. uh and that's that's some like uh, galaxy brain you know i'm in my 30s shit that i think a lot of people are just going to have a hard time with but if you haven't experienced that yourself like it's kind of a hard thing to understand but yeah that's that's the advice i'd give my past self yeah i think i would just say something like like don't like don't uh think too much about what other people think about you i know it's a tough one especially mm -hmm. in our day and age but just do things yeah. that are fun to you and things that you really care about no matter what they are you know within the limits of like um Legality. yeah <laughs> morality. morality just you know but like for example if you want to do fan art if you love pokemon it's okay you can draw pokemon it's, you know like don't let others yeah. judge you for uh what you you love if you love drawing cute animals or like furries just do it you know like uh it brings you joy brings a lot of like the community joy just do it um don't like i was stuck in a lot of like, well, what school? What do other people like? Like, like I, I, you know, I think I lost a lot of time just trying to appeal to crowds that didn't really match my sensibilities. So, you know, definitely be mindful of that. That's what I would. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's good. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, at Tito W. James asked, hi, what is a story engine? And what elements are essential to creating a long running series? Mm. And then there's a third question I'll get to. Um, story engine is just what powers the story of the show. Um, so what what is sort of the formula that creates episodes? So for example, and Garfield yeah. 
is a lazy cat. No, but for real. No, I was thinking about that recently. Okay. I was thinking okay. about that recently because I was thinking like, it's something I've been thinking about a lot because I'm like, I get bored of things pretty easily. And when you create a TV show, and if you want it to go on for a very, very long time, sometimes you need the engine of your show to be pretty simple. Just as sure. simple as Garfield. He's a lazy cat. Uh, and his owner, or I guess like human, it gets always annoyed yeah, at him, you know? So, <laughs> so it's just like, it's that simple. It's like that relationship is like a buddy comedy is like, he's this like lazy cat. And it's a relationship between this lazy cat and his human that are just always just kind of like bickering and kind of, how do you make that funny? And what is it about these two characters that is always going to create some sort of a conflict that you can resolve in like a funny, in a funny way. So, um, a lot of it comes down to character. That's yeah. important. A lot of story engines revolve around yeah. character. Because mm -hmm. you have, um, so you have to important. milk it for a million episodes. Like, I mean, you know, I've, obviously, all the shows are not going to be a million episodes. Uh, you know, you're no, not always no. creating a South Park or like a Simpsons. But like, you know, even Loud House is like already a bunch of seasons. And it's like, how does this one little boy interact with his family of 10 sisters like that's already a pretty big conflict it's like you know he's like a fish out of water and like they all have like different personalities of the blah 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 and it's kind of like what's there's always going to be that conflicts generated out of that yeah um for sure what elements are essential to creating a long-running series i don't know i think that it's different for every show and um it's impossible to guess it, it's it changes it changes there's a really good book I'm, though by uh iraq uh, araki iraqi um it's about manga but manga is very similar to tv mm -hmm. uh and it's called yeah. let me google it <laughs> i think it's like uh draw manga is it how to draw manga or is it like the golden rule of uh okay you keep going and i'll just kind of keep looking for the book uh, the last question from Tito W. James was, what can be expressed in a cartoon that can't be done in live action? Literally anything. And that's why I like animation. That's why I think it's stupid when people do live action adaptations of, of animation. It just feels going like going backwards um, because you have infinite possibility and then you have very narrow possibility. It's called, I just found it, Manga in Theory yeah. and Practice, The Craft of Creating Manga. It's so good. Uh, read it. It will be, yeah, definitely yeah, very useful for if you want to create a TV show because he goes over a lot of um, of that, how to create a compelling character, uh, interesting world, and all that good stuff. Uh, at Katie Lazo asked, what has been the most interesting realization you've had since interviewing people for the podcast? Mm, Good question. I think for me, it would be like, I didn't realize that so many artists that got a big following got uh, a big following thanks to fan art. Uh, for me, that was like a big realization because mm. when I was in school, you know, I was under this impression that like fan art is terrible. Like, never draw fan art or blah, blah, blah. This is not how you get a job or whatever, whatever, whatever. Oh, yeah. But if you want to grow a fan base or if you want to grow a following, fan art is great. Like, uh, it's a really fun way to experiment. Yeah. It's a really fun way to just like, 
you know, like if you're drawing fan art, you're probably drawing characters you love. So it's also like a really fun moment as an artist to explore. So I think that would be like a big realization I had. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, it's a good one. They also asked, "Have has your mind changed on anything or perspective been opened? And have your career goals, goals changed as a result of any conversations? Maybe, for example, wanting to make indie projects? Um, mine definitely has. I don't know if I had my mind. There's probably I've had my mind changed on things. But, yeah, I think talking to all these people has definitely helped me kind of figure out uh, over the last year, like, what is important to me. Um talking to people that have been independent producers was really important for me. Like talking to Worthy, talking to Vivzi was, was actually really cool. Yeah. Vivzi was so great. I love that episode. Yeah. Also talking to um, Mike Rionda was great. And just about how hard he sort of sold Mitchell's and, and how uh, his whole kind of creed on just like, you got to just present things with no abandon, you know, like you have to, you have to just believe in things fully. Um, but also, uh, yeah, I, I think that like, I, I'm working on some stuff on the side that is like purely my own. And I, I would love to try to become more independent in the projects that I make and not feel like I need to get permission from studios or et cetera. What about you? Yeah, I agree with that. I think for me, a big thing that I'm starting to realize is that, like, I have been practicing writing a lot. Um, I feel like up until now, I was very, um, what's the word, like, uh, worried about my abilities as a writer. And I'm like, if I do want to make an independent project, I want to make it really good. And I'm like, well, if I'm on my own and I don't have a writer to work for me, I, I, you know, like what a TV show would give you, like, you know, you could hire writers. Then I, I don't know. That's kind of what I've been focusing on. And that's given me like a lot of like, um, yeah, it's been like a lot of fun. I wish I could do indie projects. I really hope one day I can go indie. That's definitely a goal of mine. But I don't think this can happen in the near future um for a lot of reasons <laughs> yeah it's tough it's a, it's a challenge i i'm formulating a plan it, you know I, I fully expect that it's not going to become my my job and i i would be happy if i could just make enough money to yeah to like hire some help with what i'm working on um, but thankfully, like, you know, I think that the, the realistic thing for anybody that is a professional artist is you have your day job that hopefully doesn't burn you out and, uh, still lets you have some energy at the end of the day to do your own stuff. And then you use the money you make from that to, you know, help you create the stuff you want to yeah. make. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a healthy relationship. And I think that if you're lucky enough to get paid full time doing exactly what you want to make, it comes with its own issues and you'll, you risk, I've seen it happen where you risk uh, ruining the thing you liked in the first place, because if it becomes your job, your full on job, yeah. it sucks. It, it sucks all the joy out of it. And so then you're left with nothing. You're left with no like hobbies, no passion. I mean, I was also kind of like looking at the, at the, tweets from the creator of Laura Olympus who's basically a mangaka when you think about it you know like uh 
she's mm. writing and roughing all of the chapters she's publishing once mm -hmm. a week it's a crazy schedule and you can tell that sometimes it's like it's a lot of work you know it's like it's it, it's it's really a lot of work i really admire it um i think anyone who's able to publish a full story with drawings as pushed as she does in a week is uh is a feat is uh and like you said that i have a hard time imagining how this could not feel like a, a job right you know yeah uh, from at Zybuilder TV asked how much episodes are in store. Uh, uh, we'll yeah. keep going. We'll keep going until uh, we get sick of it. Well, I think there's like a lot of people um, that I still want to interview, like a lot of friends that I want to get on the air. Uh, yeah. You know, we've, there's like showrunners yeah. that we do want to get, and there's it, also like different um, aspects of animation we haven't covered that I think would be really, really fun. Yeah, no, there's still lots to explore. I think, um, again, you know, it is, it is a, it's, it's hard. We do, we do one of these every week, sometimes twice a week, and um, I still enjoy it. But it, it does help for you guys to be subscribing to us because it helps us pay our, our teammates and uh, just generally keep it going. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we're gonna keep going until we just can't, <laughs> until we yeah, realize that yeah, we just yeah. can't. Um, they also. Uh, they also asked, and somebody else asked, if we'll ever do a double guest. And no, I don't think so. We, we've had opportunities to do two people at once, and it, I think it would be a bad idea. It's just well, the, the the tricky thing with the double guest is that it's very easy for a guest to kind of take over the episode. Just kind of like sometimes, yeah. like even like us as like hosts like if i'm just like feeling a little tired then obviously you're gonna kind of take over the episode and vice versa if you're kind of like feeling pooped i'm gonna be the one talking a lot so it's good for us as mm -hmm. hosts because all we do is ask questions but for the guests sometimes if you have like a double guest and, and let's say everybody's really excited about guest a but guest b ends up talking the most and it's gonna be kind of like a little too too bad right yeah, it's hard enough for us to just, you know, talk to one person and, and focus on them and, and get them to be comfortable and get their stories out. And so, yeah, it's just it's too much to juggle with more than one um, uh, from at the morning short asked. The question is, the first job tends to be the hardest one to get. I've been trying to start work, but alas, so far, no good. Are there small things that aren't obvious to make one more hireable or any specific jobs I should be looking for? Um, I think we've addressed this quite a bit in other episodes. Um, so check out our last 49 ah. episodes. But um, but I the quick answer is um, I I don't know if there are things that'll there's no there's no specific answer. I think you just have to keep producing work, um, keep getting better, keep uh, fo maybe even focus on one specific project that you can really hone in on. Um, I, I often say everyone should do a webcomic at some point in their life because I think it'll sharpen your skills so fast. I would also um, say, yeah, just like yeah. don't shoot for the big uh, fleshy studios yeah. right off the bat. Like obviously shoot for them, but don't make them your only goal. Like 
uh, I think I've talked about my first job in my episode, but my first job, like nobody knew about the studio I applied to. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted the job because it was so badly paid. I'm not, obviously, I know this sucks. You do want to get your first gig to be a good gig, to be like union, to have like a decent pay. Unfortunately, I think when you start out, you don't have to stick to like a terrible job for a long time. But it's no, good to do yeah, it don't, don't for suffer. a little bit. Get it on your resume. You you know, don't slave through it for three years. Just just get in a couple months and and you know, even like having these couple months of experience with like that first gig that nobody knows about and the whatever studio, like even um some of my most talented friends, like I really want to get Max Collins on the show. Uh, he started at the mm. ADHD studio that went under like like in mm-hmm. just a couple of years and 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 then the gig he got after that was okay KO so you know it's like um no job is like uh not worth applying to when you're starting out you know definitely when you get experience yeah. then you don't need these jobs anymore but you, that's why they're kind of like uh, I guess starter gigs. I guess what would be the word? Like you know. Well, I yeah. I think pride is the biggest killer of um, ambition. I it because like I yeah. I I think I've probably said this as well. But like I had a guidance counselor in uh, college who told me to like not pass up any opportunities, even if they didn't seem like they were a good fit at the time, like right away. And yeah, um, my first job full-time job offer I really took that to heart and my first full-time job offer was working as an animator at a game studio in Seattle and I think I might have talked about that but it was not what I wanted I was hoping to move to LA that year but I was like well this is a full-time job and I'm working with somebody I know it was it ended up being a really good experience it still might be one of my favorite jobs it was a really good team I started in Seattle they only kept me there for four months and that studio that little satellite studio shut down and it moved me to the main studio in San Francisco. And so I managed, I got to move around a lot. Um, I got, they would like fly me uh, back and forth from Seattle to San Francisco. So I was experiencing all these different things. And like, it was a nice, it was a really good job to have in my early to mid twenties. And meanwhile, I was still like, I started the uh, Planet Panic comic while I was at that job because it was easy enough that I could still have energy at, at, at night. And so that's kind of why I also went back to games is because I care more about making my own things right now than grinding all day on a show that might not appreciate me that and will just burn me out. And so, uh, and even since then, like it's always, I never thought I'd work on The Loud House. Like I didn't think that was gonna be my first show. <laughs> like it just doesn't seem like a good fit for me for what i do but uh amanda our uh my art director who we've had on the show saw something in me and it was a great four and a half years like i enjoyed working with you and with everyone else Mm -hmm. and like it was it was a good experience and so but i it's the jobs i've gotten are never what i expect but i keep moving forward and and up you know and so you just you have to be open-minded you have to try things and it's like you know like even though for like like no path is like linear the same for example for me i i was i got onto thundercats when i already had like 
probably from six to seven years of experience in the biz, but a lot of the other board artists, it was their first time gig. So what I'm saying is that like, um, it doesn't mean that because this is a first time gig for someone, it should be a first time gig for everyone. You know, it's like you want to have productions right. with people who are starting out and people who are more like seasoned. So you have like a more balanced team. Um, yeah, just never. The thing also that I would say is just like kind of like for Regina and I, like we both started with a job that's kind of like eh. And but, you know, you keep applying to other mm -hmm. jobs like that first job that you get. It kind of keeps you it gives it gives you income and experience, but you can keep applying to other jobs. Um, yeah. 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 Don't stop. That's the other thing. People get stuck and then they think they can't keep looking. It's not illegal yeah, to yeah, keep yeah, looking yeah, yeah. for other jobs. Like, you know, it's like you, you're not, you don't owe anybody anything. Like you're, if you're not happy at your job, by all means, start taking interviews, go during lunch, you know, especially now you could just, you could have, you could keep interviewing for other jobs while you're doing the job you're doing. Like, be smart, be smart and be productive. Like that's, yeah. that's all you can really do. Um, it'll happen. It'll happen for anybody that doesn't quit and you know, can pivot and keeps work, keeps producing. That's also the thing work. is like, keep in mind, like when you start out, you're going to have to apply to a million positions, a million jobs, and you're yeah. going to send a million emails. But as time goes on, as your career goes on, then you won't have to do that anymore. It's just like, it's going to get less yeah. and less and less and less. And and then when you're finally like really got your really part of the industry, then it's like so just like just so much easier. <laughs> yeah, the last like three or four years. Well, actually, no, the last six years, all the jobs that I've gotten are all offered to me just because of my networking. And when I say networking, I mean just being nice, <laughs> just being cool to people um being a, a positive you know a positive person and like and putting out work and um and people just you know I, I i will i will kind of put it out there i'll say i'm looking for work or you know i'm interested in this and every time it kind of comes around and people offer me stuff and it, it took time to get there and i still constantly have imposter syndrome of like this is it i'm never gonna get a job again <laughs> but it, and yet again like this year was a real test of that for me because I held out for a long time to get a job that I felt good about and um and it happened it took some time and I was lucky enough to be able to wait but it happened and I I feel good about where I'm at right now so that's it's important you have to know your worth as well at a certain point mm -hmm. um one last question uh from at c-o-t-e-r-e-b I don't know how to pronounce that has working on the podcast affected the way you all view your own work or future projects you might want to work on? Yes. Uh, we talked about it a little bit already, but um, yes, I think uh, I've learned that I don't like drawing. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm happy to doodle. V is much better at it than me. Um, but I like the, I like talking to people. I like, you know, getting these stories out there, but but even, yeah, like talking to the guests, yeah, there's, um, it's opened my mind to a lot of stuff. Like I mentioned, the independent producing and, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, I think, um, so the question was again, like, is that, has it like changed your 
Has the podcast affected the way you view your own work or future projects in that way? Um, I think hmm, the way I view my work, not really, not really in terms of like future projects. I think, um, yeah, I think I'm pretty much at the same kind of spot in terms of like, I. I do one day kind of, I would still hope to run a show, but I guess I would, I don't, I'm not as precious about it being my idea. Like, for example, I would enjoy if I, if I were ever, you know, obviously not right now, this is something that happens much later down the line. But if I were to be offered to like run a like an ip that's already existing like you know like um, oh yeah i'm trying to come up with a random ip right now uh i don't know reboot of like rugrats or whatever like i would be like yeah sure why not mm-hmm. that would be a lot of fun because now what i would think about would be like it wouldn't be so much about telling my story or whatever it would be kind of like like running a show properly getting to tell stories kind of over like kind of you i think when you move up you start kind of uh learning different skills i think for me what i'm like looking for now when i go from a gig to another is like i want to make sure i'm still learning because i feel like if i'm not learning anything like for example for me right now if i were to stay on shows like loud house i don't think i would be as a board artist i don't think i would be as happy because I feel like I've learned the style of that show through and through. So now I'm like, there isn't that much left for me to learn anymore. So it's not as fun, but I guess that's kind of how I see my journey now. I also kind of, I think this is is something maybe the show has helped me kind of come to terms with, but also probably thinking about it on my own as well as a like, I am not in a rush to get a show anymore. Like I used to be like, gotta be like Rebecca Sugar, get a show at 25. And now I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm really happy that it's it hasn't happened for me yet because I do want to make sure that I am comfortable in who I am in my own skin, that whenever there's decisions to be made, I feel like, like I know why I am making the decision so I can explain to the team or for example that i know all the ins and outs of like how shows are made there's still like things that i think i have to learn and um it takes time you know you can't (laughs) it just takes a lot of time like moving up and getting to know everyone and all the little nooks and crannies of uh how a show gets made so um because here's the thing show running is so much pressure it's just so much responsibility. It's so very easy to yeah. just kind of, I guess, kind of crumble under the weight of it, you know? And I think being self-assured and like comfortable in, you know, and confident in your decision, that there's something that kind of comes with time. So I guess that's kind of my biggest takeaway yeah. would be like, you know, no rush. Things will come. Just kind of chip away, keep chipping away at it, and uh, you know, don't lose faith. <laughs> very, yeah, very, very wise. Um, well, I think we're getting to the end. Um, definitely check out the 
other podcasts that V mentioned. Yeah. So like uh, I'm just gonna we'll have them up, round them up again a little bit, really fast. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check out Tongs and Pencil by Chris Barnowski. Check out Rise Up Animation. Check out the Animated Journey and um, check out the Black and Animated Community. All good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, let us know in the comments if you uh, if us expanding to other mediums for the show would be interesting to you. What are your thoughts on that? Give us your uh, compliments. <laughs> <laughs> give us give us your thoughts on uh, on what you like uh, about the show so far. What you don't like. Um, we just want to improve it. Um, let us know. Um, Actually, scratch that. Uh, and uh, yeah, check out our Patreon. Check out our Patreon. We really appreciate all the supporters that we currently have. It helps us uh, pay our teammates, help us keep the show running on a weekly schedule. Uh, it's not easy. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Anybody has ever done a, anybody ever has done a podcast, uh, they they know that. If you haven't, trust me, it is not easy to do a weekly yeah, upload. Yeah. Um, so we really appreciate the support and the help. Uh, you get early access episodes for just a dollar. Mm -hmm. For five dollars, you get a bonus episode. Uh, the bonus episodes are a lot like this. It's just me and V chatting. So if you like that, uh, sign up. And for ten dollars, you get to be in on uh, st monthly streams that we do, where we just chat and we just hang out with the our uh, highest tier backers. We did one last month. Did you mention um, the Discord? And, uh, Did you mention the Discord? I have not mentioned the Discord, but the Discord is very exclusive to the backers that um, spend, what is it, $5? I, I think so, because uh, $5 you get access to the Discord, and $10 you we do the little like uh, uh, MA on the yeah, streams. streams that is like on a, uh, a blog channel. But yeah, check it out. Go to the Patreon. We'll have a link below. And uh, yeah, 50 episodes. We can't believe it. it. Can you guys believe it? I can't believe it. That's Can crazy. you believe it? I can't believe it. Here's to 50 more. Next, we're going to have 100. I want to get to 10,000 subs. Let's get us to 10,000 subs. Yeah, like year. definitely, you guys, if you enjoy the podcast, also just uh, talk to your friends about it. If you're at school, just like share it with your classmates. Just, uh, you know, because I think word of mouth goes. Uh, a long way like way more than just like a subscribe and follow like a follow or whatever so definitely like yeah talk to other people that you believe would be interested in uh, in our content yeah we really want to reach more people and the only way we can really do that is with your help so we would appreciate it well hope you enjoyed this special 50th episode i've been your host gene and i was the keep being creative and, and We'll see. We'll see you next, next week. week. Oh my God! <laughs> Never mind. We all did it. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>